Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm George Lizas, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. It wasn't long ago that I was stuck in a soul-draining job held back by fears and limiting beliefs that stopped me from following my purpose and making a positive impact in the world. Fast forward past many hours of inner work and lessons learned, I now write books and teach courses to help you find and follow your purpose too. I created the Lit Up Lightworker podcast to empower you with simple, actionable, step-by-step spiritual tools and practices to overcome what holds you back and light up the world. If you're a spiritual seeker yearning for a more soulful and purposeful life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. 
Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Today we'll be talking about Hindu goddess magic. But before we get started, if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to learn more from me, the best way to get started is with one of my latest two books. The first one being Lightworkers Gotta Work. That's going to help you find and follow your life purpose. And the second one is Protect Your Light, which is all about cleansing shielding and protecting your energy both offline and online when you get either books you get free workshops that you can use to get started with following your purpose and protecting your energy you can go to lightworkersgottawork.com to learn about lightworkers gotta work and you can go to protectyourlightbook.com to learn all about that with Lightworkers Gotta Work, you're gonna get the Live Purpose Bootcamp Workshop for free. And with Protect Your Light, you'll get the Psychic Scanning Online Workshop. So go ahead and check them out. Also, be sure to download one of my free guides in the description of this episode that will help guide your spiritual journey. You will find guides on finding your purpose, developing your intuition, and protecting your energy. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed and leave me a review so that we can attract more people into our community. So today, as I said, we'll be talking about Hindu goddess magic. Now, working with gods and goddesses is not just a new age trend. It's a timeless tradition rooted in ancient wisdom. As a priest to Hellenism and therefore Greek paganism, I work with the Greek gods and goddesses. Still, I also hold immense respect for the pantheons of all ancient religions because at their core they share profound similarities. Earth-based religions, including Greek, Norse, Celtic and Hindu traditions, have a common practice of personifying the laws and functions of the universe through gods and goddesses. So these divine beings were sculpted to reflect the unique histories, landscapes and idiosyncrasies of each culture. For example, while Aphrodite embodies love in Greek culture, Freya plays a similar role in Norse tradition. So when we work with gods and goddesses from the various pagan traditions, we are in essence tapping into universal virtues and principles like love, courage, strength, power. We connect with timeless wisdom, attune ourselves to universal frequencies, and catalyze positive transformation in our lives. So, to delve deeper into the realm of Hindu-slash-Vedic goddesses, I am thrilled to introduce Ananta Ripa Achmera, the author of The Way of the Goddess. In this episode, you'll gain profound insights into Vedic spiritual traditions and connect with nine Indian goddesses, and therefore unlocking a deeper understanding of the divine feminine power within the tradition. Specifically, in this episode, you'll discover the nine Indian goddesses embodying divine feminine powers, such as courage, creativity, and transformation. Explore Vedic traditions like Ayurveda and Yoga to connect with your highest self, to find your purpose and pleasure. You'll get to engage in daily rituals like chakra balancing and journal prompts to honor the divine energies within you. And you'll get to reconnect with your spiritual core by using practices for reflection and rejuvenation. When you're done listening to the episode, make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let us know how you enjoyed it. 
Enjoy this episode with Ananta. Ananta Ribaj Mera is an award-winning author, spiritual teacher, co-founder and CEO of The Ancient Way, an organization that supports you to embody ancient wisdom in a way that unfolds your true self. The Ancient Way offers a spiritual warrior certification program, Ayurveda wellness ambassador program, and spiritual wellness retreats. Ananta is also advisor of Ayurveda at The Well, a modern wellness club where she writes articles, offers workshops, and works with a team of integrative medical practitioners. The author of The Way of the Goddess and The Ayurveda Way, her work has been featured in Newsweek, Forbes, Vogue, Yoga Journal, Spirituality and Health Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, and on ABC News and Fox News. Ananta, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Thank you so much, George. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. I am so excited to have you here today to talk about your new book that I have here with me, The Way of the Goddess. And I gotta say, I loved reading this book. I love how detailed it is. You go through so many different um, topics and you match them up with different goddesses and guide people how to work with them. But before we get started and talk about the book, I want to hear a little bit about your own journey in finding the goddess and working with the goddesses. Thank you so much. Yeah, my own journey, you know, started in childhood when I was confused seeing the goddesses in our Hindu temples and not understanding what they were all about and really connecting more in childhood with the Christian tradition and Jesus and Mother Mary and then coming back to the goddess as I got closer to my 20s when I went back to India as a college student. I had gone to the Gandhi ashram in India where my family in the city that my family lives in in India. And I remember meeting a young girl <clears throat> at the Gandhi ashram, and she had been sent to the ashram orphanage school to be able to stay there and to be able to improve her life, get an education and empower herself. Her name was Lakshmi. And she had gone through a lot of abuse prior to being sent to this school. And it just struck me that here was this young girl who had gone through so much, and yet she was named after Goddess Lakshmi, who is the most widely worshipped Hindu goddess of wealth. And it just provided me with fuel for a thought, which became a question, which became a quest, which is, why can we not find that same goddess Lakshmi in young girls and women who are also Lakshmi? And not even just in women over the years, but then it became a wider quest for how can we really connect with that goddess within, not just as women to feel that we have stronger role models. That is important for female identifying people to have that. And I searched for that for a long time. And I feel like I had to go home to India to really find that. And then it became so much more than just female empowerment. To me, the goddess really represents the creative Shakti or the power of transformation that we all have to be able to recreate ourselves and to become the most authentic version of ourselves. I feel like it's nothing less than a battle within our own self to really be 
true to ourselves in all the ways that we need to in this world that encourages us to hide behind masks. So that is really the rebirthing and the liberation that I feel the goddess has to offer all beings. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful journey and a call to find the goddess within and use and work with the goddess in a collaborative way, collaborative way to create change in all areas of life. So what a wonderful journey and I'm so happy that you've managed to come back to your roots. I found in my own experience that I've had a similar kind of experience. I grew up Christian and then it was in my late 20s that I returned back to the gods and goddesses of my ancestors. And as soon as that chord like strung within me, it was such a powerful calling. And that's why I went ahead to Athens and I trained as a priest to Hellenic polytheism. And here we are right now. So let's talk about the goddesses and transforming with the goddesses. Now, what kind of goddesses are you talking about in the book? Because there are so many Hindu goddesses, like hundreds and hundreds. But which ones have you chosen to work with in this book and why? I was naturally called towards the nine goddess avatars of the warrior mother goddess Durga. She is a very powerful goddess who rides a lion or a tiger and is entrusted by all the male deities with their weapons to go and fight and overcome the greatest demon. And she takes on nine different avatars each day of the nine days of Navratri. Navratri in Sanskrit means the nine nights, Nav is nine, Ratri is nights, and it's the nine nights of goddess Durga's battles with different demons that are living within our nine chakras. And she takes on different forms to be able to help us cultivate specific powers with specific set of experiences. And I just find that within these nine avatars of goddess Durga, which are called goddess Shailaputri, goddess Brahmacharini, Chandraganta, Kushmanda, Skandamata, Katyayani, Kalaratri, Mahagori, and Siddhidatri, that we have an outline, a blueprint, a roadmap for a very holistic life transformation journey that really leaves nothing in your life untouched. It really helps you with your physical health, it helps you with your relationships. It helps you with your work. It helps you with connecting with your purpose, seeing beyond the veil of illusions, which we often are constantly bombarding and you know getting bombarded by and unable to see through without some support and help. And also she is helping us to define and maintain healthy boundaries. And I just feel that all of this and all of the nine powers, which are in order, stability, creativity, transformation, love, voice, intuition, truth, rejuvenation, and intention are together arming us to be able to fight our own battles with our own darker emotions and our own fears and our own obsessions and our own afflictions to emerge on the 10th day as the hero of our own journey and to defeat that greatest demon, which is just our own mind that tends to betray ourselves, that tends to get 
caught in the trap of illusions that gets caught up in unhealthy behaviors and unhealthy habits and, you know, in, in caring for others at our own expense, right? So I feel like, especially for light workers, we tend to do that where we'll care for others. And in the process, we lose ourselves. And that was my journey for so long. And people would tell me, oh, like you're such a nice person. Why are you so nice? You shouldn't be so nice or you won't get taken advantage of, right? If you're not nice, then you won't get taken advantage of. So the solution to getting taken advantage of was to stop being so nice. But what it really became for me was no, I value my kindness. I value my qualities of compassion and forgiveness and all of that. But what I need to do is to develop the strength to give all of that to myself also, as much as I would to other people. And that really is what the victory of the light of the truth has meant for me to really extend that same kindness to myself to then be able to set these boundaries, for example, in a fragrant way, in a loving way, in a way that is still connected with empathy, that's still connected with spirituality, that's not like so cut off with, you know, thorned wires and barbed wires and all these kind of ideas that we have about boundaries, you know? So I just feel that this path has made everything so clear and it has made it so that our very spirituality can be a force of protection rather than something that puts us at risk. Wow, it's essentially like a journey, a system of coming back to ourselves. And I find that when yeah. we do so, when we work through all the nine steps and, and find ourselves back home, that all the topics that, that we, we spend time working on, because we found alignment, we automatically find alignment in those areas way more easily than we would when we were disconnected. So let's talk a little bit about some of these specific topics. Specifically, I want to focus on trauma healing and like topics around that because it's something that shows up time and time again with my work and with people in general. Like mm -hmm. people know of trauma as PTSD, but there are so many different other types of trauma and milder trauma that we can experience that create limiting beliefs and identity imprints that prevent us from living uh, life and being our authentic self. So I love the, the way that you talk about healing trauma with the way of the goddess and with the goddess. So let's talk about chapter um, seven, which is all about transcending trauma with wisdom. Can you share a little bit about the goddess, the goddess Kala, Kala Ratri? Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah, you did. Good job. <laughs> and, and, how, and how we can work with her to, to transcend trauma. And what does that mean? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sure, yeah. Goddess Kalaratri has become a wonderful friend of mine. I have to say that when I wrote this book, the way I describe it to people was like living in the womb of Goddess Kalaratri and really developing that power to see the truth and to develop the transcendence. So when we talk about transcendence and transcending trauma, we have to understand the setup. And when we look at the world in the Vedanta spiritual philosophy that Ayurveda, yoga, and this goddess wisdom is rooted in, we are defining the world itself as pairs of opposites. The world itself is joy it's also sorrow. It gives us pleasure. It gives us pain. It gives us gain. It gives us loss. It gives us wealth. It gives us poverty. It gives us everything in contrast. And that's what makes human life so stressful, right? That we go through a birth and then we are you know, going through a death and then we're celebrating a wedding, perhaps within the course of a single week. And there's just so many ups and downs that are constantly a part of this journey. And what we're asked to do in the step seven, which is after we've developed a lot of other powers like stability to support us to stay grounded, creativity to channel some emotions into a healthier direction, the power of transformation to ignite that fire to be able to keep evolving and growing, the love that comes from the heart, the ability to own our truth and to express it through sound and through silence, and especially a connection with our intuition, then we can develop with all of these with us to support us, the power to be able to persevere in the face of opposites and to develop more objectivity in the face of opposites. A lot of times when I work with students and people who've gone through a lot of trauma, there's also this question that comes up. How do you know when you are progressing? How do you know when it's healing? And I think the taking inventory part of this step is really helpful to be able to do that because as part of this kind of constantly being bombarded by pairs of opposites, we're going to experience emotions. And what I love about this path of spirituality is that it fully acknowledges our emotions. It says emotions are great. We're not trying to have you deny them or suppress them or pretend that they don't exist or say that transcending them means you don't feel them. What we're saying here is that transcending the emotion is fully acknowledging it, first of all. And then what we're aiming to do with each time we get a trigger, right, of something deep within us or some original wound that we may have had from early on in our lives, we want to see how is the intensity of this? Is it less intense than when I had it last time? How long does it last? Is it lasting as long as it took me the last time to be able to process through this? And then how long does it take me to recover from this, right? So we can really benchmark our own selves and be able to see and celebrate our process with that. That, okay, yes, it's my responsibility to be able to digest this. But then what I find really helpful and really valuable about all the spiritual traditions and religious traditions of the world is that they're all 
helping us to overcome our desires. When we look at traumas, especially those that we experience later on in life, those where we are more of an autonomous being, not talking about the childhood traumas, because those, you know, we're, we're not having as much choice in childhood. We're kind of at the mercy of our circumstances, right? It's not until later that you realize you're a sovereign being able to script your own life through your own choices. And so when I define, you know, adulthood, I would say like 18 onwards, when we look at traumas that we've gone through from that point on, it's really helpful to see what was it that I wanted that led me to a situation? What was it that I was looking for from a person who may have traumatized me, from a situation that may have traumatized me, from you know, something, anything outside of us that has that power to pull up those deep triggers and cause that feeling of intensity and pain. What is it that I wanted here? And if I can define that desire, then this whole path of spirituality and transcendence is to overcome the demon of desire, because desire itself is the greatest demon. And we have different desires connected with our nine chakras. And what we are ultimately seeking to do is to be able to be in our full power by not being at the mercy of what we want. And ultimately, you know, as we go, we'll have to start somewhere. We can't just go to desirelessness right away. That's a pretty big jump. And we may trick ourselves or think we have, but we're suppressing something. What we can do in a practical sense to really put this into practice is if, okay, we have like 10 desires or we have one really intense desire, then what we're asked to do is to take up something higher, start to gain more spiritual knowledge that will uplift your consciousness. And from that place of knowledge, how can we create a higher ideal to be able to root ourselves in? How can we really hold on to something bigger? Like maybe an intention could be to honor our body as a temple, right? So that higher intention is then going to come help us when we have a choice between even a simple thing, do I eat a hamburger or do I eat a banana? Well, if my intention, my higher ideal is to be able to honor my body as a temple, then I'm going to choose the banana. And it's going to help me to make those choices in the day-to-day -day sense. And so we are, by anchoring ourselves in something higher, based in something that's spiritual, that's an eternal value, we are able to pick ourselves up out of a lot of suffering that we go through due to chasing desires consciously or unconsciously. So in the beginning, when we take up something higher, it's, it's a new desire, right? But it's of a higher quality. And we want to increase the quality and decrease the quantity of our desires. And we'll find that as we start doing that, our traumas will automatically start to de-intensify. The frequency will be less. The reaction time will speed up. And then we can also really empower ourselves also in our physical body. I feel, for me at least, when I've gone through a lot of trauma, I left that connection with my physical body. So now when I am out in the world with this vulnerable book that has shared so much of my own story, what I'm finding so helpful to do is one of the practices in step seven on transcendence, which is to keep 
doing the practices that involve connecting with my body. And for me, training in martial arts has been incredibly empowering. I have an illustration in chapter seven of the ancient Indian form of martial arts called Kalari Piyatu. And it is an incredible way to really condition the body, to overcome fear, to be able to uh, feel that in our own body, we can protect ourselves, even if a worst case situation comes up, we'll be ready to respond rather than just go back into that fear place. So it was really doing this martial arts practice that then gave me the strength to write the book and writing the book itself was whew, overcoming a lot of demons in the process, getting a lot of clarity. And then once it was written, it was, how do I deepen into this? Okay, well, it's more transcendence, more knowledge, more getting into my body in an empowered way and being able to think that, okay, if I have a fear, then that's my fear helping me. It's a caution. It's a protection. I Let me work with it in a good way. Let me not push it aside and say, I shouldn't be afraid because I'm a spiritual person and spiritual people are supposed to be fearless. This is true, but that fearlessness will automatically come as long as we keep on exposing ourselves to knowledge, but then we also have to be able to be ready to face the fear. So how yeah. I teach people to face fear is to name it and then plan for it. If this were to happen, what is my plan going to be to be able to respond to it and to be able to grow from it and to become an even more empowered version of myself through it? So that way yeah. we don't just say, stop being afraid, stop worrying or anything like that. We're like, okay, what's your worry? And then what are you going to do if that happens? And then when we have that plan in the back of our mind somewhere, or maybe we've written it down, then if that worst case thing happens, well, we're ready for it. And then that same experience can be a catalyst and an opportunity for incredible transcendence and spiritual growth. Beautiful. And, and so many things involved in healing traumas, of course, but the, the gist of it is giving a platform to whatever emotion is coming up and starting the process of inquiry and understanding where is this coming from, going deeper and deeper and deeper. I always say that limiting beliefs and fears are doorways to our trauma. So triggers are doorways to our trauma. So whatever we are triggered, then there's something beneath that. And we go within and find more and more. And I like your distinction between uh, desire and intention, because I can hear many people thinking, oh my God, are all my desires like the, the, the root of evil because there's so much about manifestation that's all about making desires and manifesting them. So just to clarify that, there's nothing wrong with desires as such. It's just choosing higher level desires and higher level intentions and essentially shifting them into the light, right? Exactly, yes. Very Perfect. important. So after we've transcended trauma and we're ready for a new beginning, you guide us through the step of uh, rejuvenating your spirit with Goddess Mahagauri. So what are some tips that we can start rejuvenating our spirit and embracing a new beginning and getting ready to create something new, a, a trauma-less or a trauma-free life? 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that because it's so needed to have that new beginning after we go through transcending trauma with wisdom and cleaning out our desires, creating some higher desires for ourselves and getting stronger in terms of our knowledge that empowers us at an intellectual level, the physical strength exercises that empower us at a physical level. It's intense. It will bring up that heat. It'll bring up fire. So it's so important to have this step right after that of rejuvenation and having a new beginning. And here the goddess comes back as Mahagori. So whereas she was a very fierce, intense looking goddess in step seven with disheveled hair, riding a donkey and, you know, having a bloody battle with demons who keep multiplying through their blood, right? Like they keep shedding their blood drops and she has to drink their blood in order to put a stop to these demons continuing to grow and multiply themselves. So it's very gory. It's very intense. She carries some pretty heavy-duty weapons in step seven. That's Kalaratri. That's the dark night of the soul. That's the power of transcendence and the freeing power of truth, which is hard to look at initially. And then we get just as opposite of that as possible in step eight, which is the goddess as an eight-year-old child. So now we are invited to have a new beginning that's informed by knowledge that is going to allow us to connect with our inner child and to bring our inner child out to play and to be able to do something that brings joy to your life, do something spontaneous, do something that is just for fun. Like dancing is actually a great practice for rejuvenation, connecting with different kinds of plants in the Ayurveda medicine system that I've studied. We have so many herbs and so many plants which are really deeply rejuvenating, including aloe vera. So you can start to even apply that to your skin and it will calm down the heat of the fire of the uh, spiritual transcendence that we've just done and also you know, give an anti-aging effect to the skin. So we do things like that. We do beauty practices in step eight. We start to work with flowers. We look at our clothing and we see what energy is in the clothing. What color is the clothing? How can we even bring all the artifacts of our closet and our kitchen and our home into alignment with something that radiates with pure, what we call sattva or purity, clarity, harmony, truth, and inspiration that uplifts you. And so it's a really fun chapter. It's a really fun step that is a new kind of fun. It's not like we're seeking out something to bring us that enjoyment, but we realize by this point, having gone through this pretty intense journey to get here, that, oh, everything I look for actually lives within me. So that means I can enjoy everything that comes and goes in life, including relationships, including food that we eat, including, you know, experiences that give us great joy and pleasure, knowing that this too shall pass away and let me not cling to it. But when I, and when I don't cling to it, I will truly enjoy it. So this is also a new beginning to enjoyment and to pleasure itself. And we have some great stories in this step about the sage Durvasa, for example, who was forever eating and at the same time constantly on a fast. It makes no sense to the logical mind that how can a sage be forever constantly eating 
and yet always on a fast. And it's because he didn't put any value in what he was eating. He didn't have cravings for what he was eating. He was just eating because, you know, he could do that purely at this stage of consciousness. So it's, it's saying that you can enjoy all the worldly things in life and not have to suffer as a result of them coming and going, because as we know, the world is full of opposites. So whatever is coming is not necessarily staying, but while it's here, there is no need to deny any experience of the enjoyment of life. And when you don't cling to anything that's when you really can have fun so this is a great step and a great chapter and i think it's so important that as spiritual seekers we don't just focus on the negative because we're so used to searching for things to heal that we get addicted into the healing process and then we forget to live and enjoy our lives so if we have a practice of nurturing the positive as well as deprogramming the negative then it makes the transformation and the transmutation process so much easier Oh my goodness, what a content-packed book. Thank you so much for writing it. And I'm so excited for everybody to enjoy reading The Way of the Goddess. Can you please let everyone know where they can get the book and how they can get in touch with you? Sure, yeah, you can basically find the book wherever books are sold online. Uh, You can visit my website, theancientway.co, not .com, theancientway.co slash way of the goddess. And I have a lot of links to places where you can buy the book. And you can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at ananta.one, O-N-E, all spelled out. And it will be wonderful to hear about your experiences with this because this book is really as much about you and your journey as it is about me sharing my own journey. And of course, all the links for will be available in the show notes below. Thank you so much, Ananta, for coming on to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast and wishing you a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before you go, make sure to grab your free workbook to find your life purpose at georgelizas.com forward slash life purpose. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.